Let's turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Did anybody get anything out of the message last week on there's hope? Amen. Did it change your way of thinking? Good, 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 good. We talked about that there is hope. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, there's hope. Did anybody operate in some of that this week? Any, anybody have some stuff come against you this week? <laughs> anybody put on hope in a different way because of that? Amen. Good. That's what we're supposed to do. That we pick up hope and we choose to hope no matter what we see or what we face. Let's look at this verse, Romans 15, 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you will abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you so that you may abound in hope. God wants you to be in hope. He wants hope to be oozing out of you. He wants, he wants hope to be in you so much so that if, if bad stuff comes up and it starts pushing on you, hope comes out of you, you know. Uh, after, you know, sometimes, you know, you drink a Dr. Pepper or something like that and somebody pushes it on your stomach, a burp comes out. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm talking about that, but just hope, all right. <laughs> I don't think that Dr. Pepper quite puts it on there, but, but that kind of stuff ought to come out of you all the time because you are so filled with hope. In other words, if God is the God of hope, then we are the people of hope. And if for us to put on God, that means we are putting on hope. For us to not put on hope would be to not put on God. And we're called to be godly, right? Amen. So today what I want to look at is just what is hope? What is it? Because this is one of the biggest things that Nicole and I found over the years is that hope that we thought was hope was not actually hope. So let's just look at it. What does the world say that hope is? And you having an understanding of what is actually hope is a big part of you taking on hope and, and being full of hope. We've talked about this that I believe, I believe highly, you may, you may believe this already, you may be moving towards it, but I believe highly that the time is now and is coming even stronger where the world more than ever is going to need hope. And the world is going to need some people that are carriers of it. And so now, as a, as a body of Christ that's called to be the salt, the preserving factor in the world, the light, the people that, that others will look to for hope. If we're going to be those people, then we have to be prepared. We can't wait till stuff happens and they need hope and then say, oh, hold on, let me go pray and fast and get in a little bit of hope. I'll be right back in about 20 days. It doesn't work like that. You need to be walking full of hope. Well, that means that we've got to be proactive about hope. We can't wait for it to jump on us or wait for it. We've got to get in the church, get into the Word, get into hope and put it on ahead of time. Walk in it because we're called to walk in it always anyway. Amen. So what does the world say hope is? So 
I looked up and I read you a definition. It's one of the better definitions that I could find for hope. We mentioned it last week. But, and it says it's grounds for believing that something good will happen. Grounds for believing that something good will happen. If I could change that a little bit and put what I think it's probably more accurate, I would say it is, it is the grounds for believing that something godly will happen. Because, you know, good is good in the world's eyes, but we don't want just good. We want godly. We want perfection happening. But it's, it's the grounds to believe in that. So this is a worldly definition of it. But here's the question. In practical terms, what is the, how does the world define hope? How does the world define hope? When we use the word hope the most, how do we use it? It's a wish, it's luck, you know. You tell me about your bad situation. Well, I had this happen to everything, and what do we respond with? Well, hope that works out for you. Hope it works out for you. And what we're really saying is it could fall good or bad. I hope it falls good. I, I'm lucking, I'm hoping that you have luck that it falls on the good side. I'm I'm, I'm, you know, I wish that it falls on the good side for you. So it's a wish and a luck. You know, uh, a lot of times you'll hear people say this, well, you can't just go about wishing and a hoping. you got to do something about it. And see, right there, by definition, they're using hope in the wrong way. A wishing and a hoping. Listen, hope is what brings about the manifestation of God's promises. It is the thing. So wishing and a hoping is one of the best things you could do. But yet even our, our terminology says don't do that because you've got you to make something happen. No, no, no. You don't have to make anything happen. God's already made it all happen. We just got to get in line with God and then be, walk in obedience and humility. That's what we have to do. The best thing that we can do is humble ourselves to God's ways. And if he's going that way, I go that way too. We go that way too. Amen? We've got to make sure that we line up with his way. Well, hope is one of his ways. That's one of the best things that you can do. Get into his hope. But the world really will say, you know, it's grounds for believing something good is going to happen. But the truth of the matter is we still use hope like it's luck, like it's wishing. And so then if that's not the actual term that the Bible uses, but we're operating and living like wishing and luck, then we're going to find that we take the power out of hope and the power out of our words and we'll walk through life with the opposite of what we should have and then wonder why my hope in God didn't work because we weren't actually hoping. So it becomes very important for us to define what is biblical hope? What is godly hope? And so let's, let's just look at that. Biblical hope, when you go back to the original language, when they used the word hope, it was totally different than the way that we use the word hope today. Now in here and in our teaching, we use it the correct way in our teaching. But in the world, most people using wish or luck as a basis for hope. It's the exact opposite of that. 
In other words, what they're saying with a wish and a luck is that basically we'll see. We'll see. I hope we'll see it good for you, or I wish that it will see it good for you, but we'll see. But hope is a pointed action and direction. Hope is a pointed action and direction. And so for a person to take the uh, stance of we'll see, they're doing exactly opposite of hope in the Bible. Does that make sense? They're doing the exact opposite. So we'll see leads to nothing, but hope will not disappoint. We'll see could turn out bad or good. Hope always leads to good and godly. Always. So we need to know what that is. The Bible definition of hope is a joyful, confident expectation. Now you've heard me say that before, a lot of you have, but it is a joyful, confident expectation. So let's look at those things. And, and this is what I want you to see. If you are in hope, you are in joy. Amen? Amen. I can tell, you know, some of y'all need some hope right now. You need some more joy. If you are in hope, you are in confidence. You are confident. Oh, this thing's going to work out. If you are in hope, you are in expectation. Something's coming. Ooh, something's coming, and it's good. I'm in expectation. You're in joy. Can't, can't break your joy down. You're in confidence. Can't break your confidence down. You're in expectation. Cannot break your expectation down. That's Bible hope. So I've given this uh, example for quite some time, but here's the thing that Bible hope is. Joyful, confident expectation. Here's what it's not. Luck. It's not luck. It's a confidence that the good thing's going to happen, not a wish. It's a confidence to be expecting it, not wishing. Total opposite ends of the spectrum because one requires nothing of you and the other one requires some faith, requires trust, requires knowing God. The other one requires nothing, doesn't require anything. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got to make sure that we are lining ourselves up in God's ways. So here's one of the things, one of the stories that I've had for quite some time the Lord gave me to explain hope. And uh, let's say that, uh, uh, John, will you come up here? So let's say, that stand over here facing this way. All right, let's say that John and I are friends, right? And uh, let, me, uh, let me get this. And I tell John, I tell John, that uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a good friend of his, right? And I tell John that tomorrow, on Monday afternoon, at 2 p.m., I'm going to send him a package by one of the delivery services. I'm going to send him a package, and in that package is going to be a check from me for $1 million. $1 million, right? Now, I want to show you, 
Our response right now is what worldly hope, wish, and luck looks like. Because you don't believe that I got a million dollars to give them. And you don't believe that it's you. So it's like, okay, whatever. No big deal. But let's say you knew that I did have a million dollars. Let's say I had it extra. Let's say you knew that when I said something, I did it. Let's say that you believed me. Let's say that I had the means to make it happen. And let's say I am your good friend. I am your really, really good friend. And let's say that, that I was trustworthy. And when I said something, I did it. And let's say that that was the kind of person I am. And then I said, tomorrow at 2 p.m., you're going to get a package from me, and it's going to have a check for a million dollars, and it's coming to your house at 2 o'clock. Well, I want you to see something. If John really, really believes that, if he really believes it, and listen to my words right here, if he really trusts that I am willing and capable what just happens to his hope? It goes through the roof. What happens to his joy? Ooh, my life's about to change. Hallelujah, right? Everything's going to be different. Glory, glory. Right? Not my style. Not, yeah. Whatever your style is, it's going to happen on you, right? It's going to change. But see, if you really trust me, What's going to happen to his confidence? It's going to go through the roof. What's going to happen to his expectation? And this is the question. What do you think is going to be happening about 1.55 p.m. tomorrow? Do you think that John's going to go to work? Or you think he's going to be at the house make sure he don't miss the promise? There ain't no way they're coming and going to say, uh, sign for it, come by the shop and sign for it. Mm, I'm be home. Why? That's expectation. That's expectation. I know if it's me, I'm like this out the blinds. Where's it at? You know, I'm looking for it, right? And, and look. Let's say that he's got friends. Let's say he's got negative friends, right? They don't know me. They don't, maybe they know who I am, but they don't know my character. They don't know my means. They're like, man, he is not going to send you that. He, he, as a whole bunch of other people that he's told that to, and he is, he's not going to do it for you. Right? See, if he's in real hope, then his joy cannot be shaken. His confidence cannot be shaken. Because he'd be like, man, you just need to hush. You don't know Brian like I know Brian. See, and real hope really comes out and we receive the things of God really based on how well we know God. And a lot of times we don't have hope because we don't know God as good as we want to tell everybody and we have a lack of hope and so somebody comes along and our joy and our confidence we may actually get in hope in the beginning but somebody say something time passed one too many days and our hope just gets shaken all to pieces and all of a sudden we don't have any hope left and the truth of the matter is maybe we start out in hope but we just didn't know God good enough to maintain that 
But what's going to happen if he really believes me? If he really trusts me, come 2 o'clock tomorrow. This is a scenario you just get, right? Okay, just to keep catching you up today. <laughs> so um, if he really believes me, come 2 o'clock tomorrow, his joy, his confidence, and his expectation will be ready to receive. And he will receive. And he'll receive. But if his joy or confidence or expectation is not there, then there's nothing for faith to support. God could have this ready, but he'll never have his hands out in hope. And he'll never receive. He'll never sign for the package or the promise of God with this hope. That's what we sign for it with. And so the package will be sitting there waiting. The promise of God will be sitting there waiting. And God will be saying, get your hope up. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Get your, I want to love on you. I want to love on you. And he'll never sign the package and it's waiting at the door. Thank you. The promises of God are waiting at the door. They're waiting at the door. There, there's a whole book of promises of God already done, already paid for waiting at the door, and I'm telling you that your hope and your desire to get into hope is the only thing that's holding you back from receiving the package. So now how much does the devil want to steal your hope? Because all of a sudden you start receiving the promises of God. You start receiving those promises of God. People are going to be looking at you. And you're going to be glorifying God. This thing's going to be happening the way that it's supposed to be happening. And so the devil is after your hope. He's after the world's hope because he don't want anybody receiving from God. And so here's the way it looks. He'll send people to talk about, you know, well, you know, he'll heal some people but not you, you know. He'll say, well, he wants other, some people he's okay with having money but, you know, he wants you humble. You know, some people, you know, maybe he'll come through, maybe he won't. That's wishing. That's not hope. You, gotta you see, you hear that terminology? That is not godly, biblical hope. That's worldly hope, which is the opposite. Some people he'll bless, but, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't. That's not hope. And now, how many people have ever heard something like that even in a sermon and in a message? And so we've purported, you know, we, we've said that this is God and it's absolutely not God. It's not the way God operates. What does he say about his promises? Because ultimately, let, let's think about this. Ultimately, if we're in expectation, joy, confidence, and expectation, what are we in expectation of? We're in expectation of something. What are we in expectation of? We're in expectation of God and His promises. That His promises are true. 
that they will come to pass. That's what we're to be in expectation of. That's what we have hope on is His promises. And what does He say about His promises? All of His promises are yes and amen. He doesn't say sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. He says if I gave you a promise, yes and amen being so be it. In other words, it's the same kind of so be it that he said in Genesis 1 when he said, let there be light, and there was light. And he says, look, here's every one of my promises, every single one of them. This is every one of them. Yes, I'll do it. And so be that promise. That's the power of his word and his promises. And our hope is joyful, confident expectation in every promise, in every character and nature of God, in Him, His character, His nature, and His promises. If He says He's a healer, He's a healer, and He wants to heal you. The man came up to Jesus. He said, if, you'll, if you will heal me, I'll be whole. He said, if I will, be whole. It showed. I'm not, this is, my will for you is not in question. If it's in question for you, you need to get it out of your, out of a question and get it into hope and expectation. Quit questioning it. Will he do it for me? That's maybe he will, maybe he won't. Is that hope? And now we can see why we haven't been receiving it. Because hope says joyful, confident, expectation it's not a question with God God already answered that question when he gave Jesus because then over in Romans 8 32 he said if he'll give you Jesus he'll freely give you all things it's not a question he wants to pull you up out of that mess so quick and so fast it'll make the devil's head spin he wants to get you out of it it's not a question to God he's already paid the price for it he's just waiting on you to say I'll believe. Lord, I trust you. Oh man, I see a promise. You just said that by your stripes I have already been healed. Ooh, I'm healed. Uh, ooh, hallelujah. It might not be your style like John said, but you'll do whatever you do when you get in joy. You'll do whatever you do. You see, it doesn't matter what your style is. What matters is do you trust and hope in God? Hey, welcome. Come on in. Here's the other thing. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation of God in God and His promises. Here's another thing. Do you need hope? Do you need hope when you see the promise? Let's turn to Romans 8.24. Romans 8.24 says this, For in hope we have been saved. Now if hope is a joyful, confident expectation, are you saved in fear? There's a whole bunch of people preaching fear. Is it by fear that you've been saved or by hope? I'll just leave that right there. Some people to figure out doctrinally. But hope that is seen is not hope. 
For who hopes in what he already sees? In other words, hope is, listen to this, this is going to set you free. You don't need hope after you've received it because a lot of people say, I believe God and I'll trust him when I see that thing come through. No, no, no. I need hope. I need joy, confidence, and expectation when the promise is not yet seen. In other words, it's not in the middle of the solution that I need to put on hope. It's in the middle of the problem that I put on joy, put on confidence in God, and put on the expectation. It's not in the solution. It's in the problem. It's not in the abundance. It's in the lack area. It's not when it's seen. In other words, you need to understand that the devil's going to try to put you in a heap load of a hole so that you will not... And then he's going to point out every detail about that hole, how deep it is, how dark that hole is. Why? To take your hope away. That's what's happening. But you've got to understand that, that God is saying, I don't care what you see with your physical eyes, how deep the hole is, how dark the hole is, how much you can't see the light of day. That does not matter. What matters to me is I am good. I am God. I love you. I've given you my promises. I've paid for it with my son, and it's yours. Now put on hope in the deepest, darkest hole. And climb out. Climb out empowered by Christ. Climb out with your faith. Climb out with your hope. And if we will just learn to put on hope in the middle of the deepest, darkest hole, we will climb out of more stuff. And here's the other thing. Before long, we stop falling in the holes because a lot of the holes are created by a lack of hope. A lack of hope is what digs them. And then we'll stop falling in them and all of a sudden we'll be walking around seeing other people and saying, hey, there's hope looking in their hole and pulling them out. This is the design. Hope is not seen. What is hope? Hope is not luck. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation. It's an expectation of God being God. It's an expectation of God being good. It's an expectation of God being love. It's an expectation of God getting His stuff into your life. It's an expectation of His promises. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation of God and His promises. Hope is not seen, but what is hope? Hope is God. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ, according to the commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, and his anointing. When it says Christ, it, it's not just his first name or his last name. It's talking about that he was the promise. He was the promised one. And he is the one empowered for you. He's the power. He's the anointing. And so it says Christ Jesus, the anointed one, 
Who is our hope? Who is our hope? See, Jesus is hope. Now, I want you to see something. If we decide in the midst of something to not be in hope, to let our joy go, to let our confidence go, to let our expectation go, who are we letting go in that situation? Christ. And who do we need more than anything in that situation? We need Christ. And so when we make a decision to put on hope, we're making a decision to pull God into the situation and let Him be God. It's not full-hearted. It's not, it's not being naive. It's being wise as wise can be because you're putting on God. The same verse we looked at before, Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope, the God of hope, He is hope. You need to see that to deny hope is to deny God. I said this last week. To deny God is to deny hope. This is what the devil's after. He's either after your hope or he's after God. He's after one of those, either one. It doesn't matter to him. If he's trying to teach the atheist there is no God, what's he after? He's after his hope. If he can strip that atheist of hope, that guy will have no reason to live. All, he, all he'll want to do is just go around and help, help, you know, help other people feel his lack of hope. That's what the devil's after. He's trying to remove God who will bring the love and the promises into that atheist life, into that agnostic's life. He'll try to bring, he's trying to get God who's the power to save them out. And I'm not just talking about eternal salvation. I'm talking about the trouble that they're having with their, with their spouse. I'm talking about the trouble that they're having in their finances. I'm talking about the trouble that, that their parents passed on to them. I'm talking about that. And what the devil is after is not just so that that person will be in hell for all. He wants to steal the daily joy out of their life. And if he steals hope, which is joy, he steals it. He wants to take the confidence away. He wants to take away their expectation. God is. To deny hope is to deny God. To deny God is to deny your hope, the hope that you have that's laid out for you. It's for you. But to accept hope is to accept God. And to accept God is to accept hope. And we accept God by declaring, by making a statement, by making a decision. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter how deep or how dark the hole is, I'm going to put on joy, the joy of God. I'm going to put on confidence. I'm going to put on expectation in the promises of God. I'm going to put on a joyful, confident expectation that God is good. And he loves me. I'm going to put on a joyful, confident expectation that he wants to do good for me. It's not in question. I'm going to put on a joyful, confident expectation that God is who he says he is. I'm going to put it on. No matter what I see, no matter what I feel. And in that moment, you wrap yourself in hope. And hope wraps you in himself. 
We'll go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 12 and 13. In the message, it says this, and take this as a charge. We read this last week. Take this as a charge to you. We don't yet see things clearly. You know, this is a fact. This is a promise. You don't see everything you think you see. <laughs> this is where you got to trust the Lord. You don't see everything. I cannot tell you how many times I thought I was right and I was wrong. I know y'all have never been there, but I've been there a lot. I thought I was right. Nope, <laughs> I was wrong. How many times I thought I was wrong? Nope, I was right. We don't see things clearly. We don't. That's why we have to trust in God no matter what we see. We have to put on hope no matter what we see, no matter what we feel. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly just as He knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. In other words, these are three things that we need to do to get into God's hope, to get into His promise manifested in this life. Number one, trust steadily in God. Don't let go of your trust. Don't waver. Trust steadily. Two, hope unswervingly. Don't hope today and not tomorrow and then again and then not. Don't swerve in your hope. Put it on, make it a constant, and don't give yourself any options to not do it. And three, love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. Let me tell you, loving on yourself, loving on others, and loving on God. Now, did it tell us that the best is love? Should we be loving extravagantly? Loving on yourself, loving on others, and loving on God requires hope. You can't do it right, extravagantly, without putting hope on. So when the devil tries to point out the hole that you fell into, how deep it is, how dark it is, whether it's your fault or somebody else's, makes no difference if you find yourself in a hole, or even if you don't, decide, I'm putting on hope. I'm going to get in the joy of the Lord. I'm going to get confident about His promises, and I'm going to get in expectation. These things are about to happen to me today in Jesus' name. They're happening now. They're happening right now. Get in hope on His promises. It's not wishing. It's a joyful, confident expectation that God is who He says He is. And His promises are coming to pass in your life right now. Amen. Let's just stand up. Lord, we praise you and we thank you. We worship you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, right now, 
అధ్యవసం sometimes it's good for us to have help you know we're not designed to live this life by ourselves but if you've had a hard time getting into hope or staying in hope and you just want some of the world maybe you grew up in it maybe maybe you accepted it on your own at some point but you just want some of the world to knock off of your life so that some of the some of the hindrances for you getting into faith and hope and love that have been holding you back i need help me knock those things off pastor brian if that's you and you're ready to drop some of that stuff just come up real quick and let's let's pray over you and if it's not you this morning if it's not who you are then pray with me for this stuff to break lord right now and i want everybody that's coming up for prayer i want you to say this right now and i actually i want us all to say this just say lord i drop the worldliness i drop the corruption i drop the curse right now and by faith i take on hope i'm a joyful person <laughs> let's sound like it. i'm a joyful person amen i'm confident and i am expectant that god is god and he will do what he said he will do and he was said that he'll love me and he does love me and he's moving on my behalf right now and i take hope in that in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Lord, we just thank you right now. Hope be now in Jesus name. Father, anything that was on anybody, let it be broken and destroyed now. Let it no longer ever fit as a bondage and as a yoke again. Hope be now in Jesus name. Every bondage break in Jesus name every bondage every yoke be destroyed now in Jesus name hope be hope be now in Jesus name thank you father hope be hope be now in Jesus name thank you father hope be every bondage be broken now in Jesus name every bondage hope rise up and be in Jesus name here let's make room hope be now in Jesus name hope be that's good come on over here come on over here amen that's good yeah lord yeah lord hope be now lord i just declare in Jesus on every child and now i'm talking about every one of a young age or an old we all were children at one time every child Lord may the sins of parents and grandparents and every generation be broken now in Jesus name may every thread of corruption be gone and may hope rise up now in Jesus name hope of God rise up now in Jesus name thank you father every corruption be melted away 
That is illegal to be. Corruption, the curse is illegal to be in your body. In the name of Jesus, be melted away now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hope, rise up. Let every family curse, every bent towards sin be broken now in whoever will receive that. If you want that, just say, Father, I receive that. I am free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hope, rise up in every way. Amen. Amen. Glad to have you today. Glad to have you. Father, we just thank you. We give you the glory and we give you the honor. Lord, we are a hopeful people. We are a hopeful people. We live in hope. We're doused in hope. Lord, we're flooded with hope. We live hope. We shine hope. We receive through hope. And Lord, we are a part of you in hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great day.